0: Hey, everyone, welcome to At the Table with Hands and Voices. We're so excited to have you joining us today. I'm Janet DeGeorge, your host for this episode. Um, today's episode is letting go of ego. I'm so excited to have our um, guest with us today. But first, let me tell you a little bit about our um, our podcast series. At the table with Hands and Voices is produced by Hands and Voices. Uh, we aim to educate and entertain parents who have children who are deaf. Hard of hearing, and the professional professionals in the field. Um, We also believe that this is a great um, podcast for families who have kids with other special needs, Um, and so we're really excited to have you here with us. Um, The podcast will cover topics related to family engagement and leadership, and the family journey in raising um, raising our children. Um, And so we're we're um, Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Hands and Voices. Um, We're a parent-driven organization that supports families with children who are deaf or hard of hearing without a bias around communication modes or methodologies. We envision a world where children who are deaf and hard of hearing have every opportunity to thrive and to achieve their full potential, celebrating all families and their diverse cultures, ensuring equity and inclusion for all. Um, Before I introduce our guest for today, Um, Let me tell you a little bit about the online itinerant. You need knowledge, resources, and guidance so you can equip and empower your child to grow up without limits. The Friend Academy helps you effectively navigate your journey as a parent or caregiver with a child who is deaf or hard of hearing without judgment. As a member of the Friend Academy, you are no longer alone. The Friend Academy is a community for all families, regardless of your child's age, stage, or communication mode. Go to www.friendacademy.net to learn more. Um, We thank the online itinerant for um, sponsoring this episode. And now, to our episode. I'm so excited um, to introduce to all of you, Helen Leiser. Um, today, we're going to be talking about letting go of ego. Um, Helen, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Helen. I am the proud parent of two girls who are deaf, and they're also teenagers. And I and I actually really like, every, every time recently I've been telling someone their ages, people give me their glaring eyes like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I say, you know what? I really actually enjoy hanging out with my kids. They're good. They're good young women with passion and, and great intelligent thoughts. And um, yeah, I like hanging out with them. So they've ta- they teach me every day how to be a better person. So I appreciate them a lot.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about letting go of ego. Um, what does that mean? What did, <sighs> when, and how did that come about for you?
1: You know, um, this came about for me, um, because I keep learning about what ego means and how it affects how we are in the world, how we present ourselves, how we react and respond to, to different things. For me, it means how I show up as a parent, how I show up as a leader and, um, so I, it's there have been some rough lessons along the way, and um, it seems to be what I, am wanting to really talk about these days because it has such an effect in how how we are as leaders and as parents.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, I think um, when we think about that that concept of letting go of ego, there's something healthy about ego too, right? I mean, isn't ego so, like? We have to have a, some sense of self-esteem or confidence. I know you're not talking about that part of ego. Um, so tell me what you're what you're thinking when you when
1: um, in terms of what 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 you're getting at. So the definition of ego is. Kind of that, and it's it's kind of along the lines of what we what or at least what I usually look at or consider when I think of of someone who's got a big ego ego, it is that inflated feeling of pride in your own superiority over others, that you're that you're better than. And um, and so I think that there is that there's a part of our ego where it is about um what what kind of gets us up and going in the morning, but but there's that other side where it gets in the way and it um we can either be inclusive in lifting others up or we can just we can just want that acclaim for ourselves. So for me, you know, when I first started out as a leader for hands and voices many, many years ago, I wanted to receive the recognition for the work that I was doing for our children and our families. And I was very passionate about it. I had a lot of a lot of emotion around it. And I wanted to be the one achieving our mission. And it was actually um, a, a partner of ours at Department of Education reached out to me and, and asked to have coffee with me one day. It was actually Thanksgiving week. And so I did and she said you know Helen, you know we really appreciate you we appreciate your passion um and we really want to partner with you and you're making that you're making that challenging for us and the way that you are approaching this is is kind of off putting and it was a hard thing to hear but it was so critical for me to hear and i have thanked her many times over the years because that allowed that conversation changed my approach. Because then I realized, hang on, sure, I can work on my own and I can get us there. But can I really? Is this about me or is this about our children or our families? Because if it's really about our children and our families, then in partnership is how we're going to meet our mission. Not Helen crossing the finish line by herself it's we are crossing the finish line together and um and so it's 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 gathering that input it's it's getting other people's ideas and asking questions and listening more than talking and um and by no means am i perfect um but i also have learned that it's my insecurities that when i really let my insecurities arise and i i I'm afraid to show that I don't actually know what I'm doing. That's when my, when that, that pride gets in the way. And then I, I forget the team and then it's more the eye, the I effect. Yeah.
0: I love that. Um, And, and just thinking about what a healthy ego does in terms of having self-confidence and the ability to, you know, I think as a leader, you grow and, and th- you often have so many things that you have to sort of get through in terms of your own self-confidence, but thinking about ego in the way that you're talking about about it, um, not the healthy kind of ego, but the idea that, that what's driving anything you're doing is how it makes you look, um, you know, whether you get the credit for it. Um, and, you know, I, I've been thinking about this and and I think that one of the interesting things is is like you said we I think we tend to think of the negative part of of having a big ego or a swelled ego. You sort of can pick those people out in a crowd, right you, you can just tell they're all about them they might even they might even do like some sort of like false humility sort of thing, but you can tell it's fake it's they they still really feel like the center of the universe is around them but but I also think ego comes out in different ways Um, besides just having like a swelled head or thinking about yourself more than you should. I think it can also come out um, through fear. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it can be what, how, like, how is this going to make me look? And and I think that fear really comes out through control. Like I have to control this or else, Um, because it's going to make me look that It goes back to ego. You know, I, and so I think a lot of us probably can really relate to control issues. We may not always say, Oh yeah, no, I've got my, I've got my ego under control. I know how I mess up all the time, but I think this leaks out or finds a way through control issues. Did you, have you found that to be true in, in your life experience?
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, and I think, you know in my in my day job, you know, I'm a leader. and um, and so I feel like I'm expected to know how to handle every situation and and know everything. and and so I have done things out of that fear of, of either being found out that I'm a fake and that I don't know anything and <laughs> or how many times I've sat at an IEP meeting with the family and like, I have no idea what's going on right now, but I, you know, I can't, I have to pretend. And, and really what I've started to do really only in the last few years is like, okay, I have no clue what's going on right here. So I'm just going to take a deep breath and I'm just going to ask a few more questions and listen and i've also started giving myself permission to say hey you know what i just really need to think about this a little bit longer can i get back to you tomorrow kind of a thing and and i have found that people are really okay with that and there have been times when i've been secure enough in my vulnerability even to say I'm not really sure what to do right now. And, um, and that's really hard because again, I keep going back to, I'm supposed to know everything. And even as a, as a parent, you know, I like, I was supposed to know everything and be able to handle every situation. And, and I, you know, I'm a human being and, um, and I, I have to give myself that permission. Just like oftentimes, you know, in our work at Hands and Voices, we, we kind of, we, we mentor and guide our parents that we're working with and kind of give them permission to to voice, to be a voice at the table and to look at themselves as equal partners at the table, you know, in an IEP meeting of, you know, 15 other individuals. Um, I have to give myself that same permission as well to... Um, to be vulnerable and to say, I need to take a moment and and pause, maybe ask a few more questions, and um, and in that, the more that I put that into practice, um, the the more successful and positive the outcome has been. Um, But boy, it's really, (laughs) (laughs) it can be really challenging to get there. Yeah, Um, you gave two really great examples
0: of places where I think um, we can really practice this, um, both in parent-to-parent support. You know, if it's about you or your ego when you're even interacting with another parent, we do such a disservice because the whole point of parent-to-parent support is really to uphold, lift, and um, support the person you're sitting across from. And a lot of that comes through just sort of organic conversation. And, And if you let your ego or your life story or what you think that parent should do, you're, you're totally minimizing the whole point of parent-to-parent support. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great area to just be thinking about, you know, is my ego getting in the way? Do I have, do I need to make sure that this parent knows who I am or what I have to give them versus just just being present for them um, and interacting based on on their needs and their hopes and goals? Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really... It's such a it's such a fascinating journey, <laughs> and such a great opportunity to learn more about ourselves as well. Um, but even it's also changed the way that I parent as well, and and really um, instead of um, telling my girls how to handle the situation, you know, I can share like what I'm looking for, but asking them more questions. Um, so that they can think through, well, what are they looking for? And then having a conversation together, um, so that they do understand like, well, this is what I do expect from you as your parent or what I, what I, um, you know, I may have a, a lesson, you know, of preparing them for life or something, but involving them and engaging them in a conversation as opposed to just trying to control it yeah. completely because I'm so afraid. Yeah. Um, You know, another
0: area where I think ego gets in the way is when we are wronged. Um, Mm -hmm. When somebody does something that's not fair, um, it's so easy to go down the path of losing the whole focus of what you're trying to achieve with um, just getting into the mire of emotion of uh, especially when you feel you've been wronged and it's um, unfair or not true. Um, I remember a friend once when I was going through something and somebody had, you know, attacked me and she said, hey, don't take it personally. And I'm like, but it's personal. <laughs> they, they were talking about me when they said it and it's not true. And I was just so focused on that. And she helped me process that. And and what that helped me was to sort of pull back away from, of course, uh, uh, not You can't just not feel things. Emotions and feelings are going to come. But to process any experience when you feel like you're wronged or, or say somebody takes credit for your idea, you know, all of these things come up all day. And these are the things that sort of bruise our ego or like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, um, I should get credit for this or that person... Um, you know, dissed me in a meeting, and and when we can process and sort of let go, not 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 standing up for yourself. I'm not saying that, but just in the context to any situation, you have to ask yourself: Is it more important for for everyone to understand that that what happened? Um, or that person, what they accused me of isn't true, or do I need to stay focused on what we're doing here? And I mm-hmm. found that's really gotten me over the hump of, and it's hard because, you know, talking about letting go of ego, um, I think letting go of, it's a great name of something, Helen, because I think, I think we have the power, you know, that there's, there's something about that, that we have the power to do. We can let go of it. And, and in certain not only do we need to have a general awareness of this, but also in particular, really hard situations. If you can let go of the need to be right, the need to be affirmed, the need to, if somebody gets it wrong, make sure everybody else knows it and just stay focused on the end goal. Yeah, you know, that,
1: that has just saved me. I can't tell you countless times. It is so true. And, you know, I've become a huge fan of the Ted Lasso show and um, it's. I look at this, I and I've rewatched episodes because I just think this is leadership right here. So Ted Lasso actually walks into this position having no clue what he's doing, yeah. and that doesn't even know like what offsides is in the game of soccer. And um, but as a leader he lifts everyone up around him i mean he takes the towel boy who gets promoted as a as an assistant coach because he included you know a he learned his name and acknowledged him as a human yeah. being he took his ideas and he implemented them and then he promoted him to you know assistant coach of this of this professional football team and um and he he just his focus is on building up each individual and that as when that happens, when they get to that level, then they will begin to win their games. Yeah. You know, sometimes I know I'm just like, I got to win, 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 win. And, um, but his, his approach is we will get there. It might take us a little bit longer, but in the meantime, we're actually going to be a team Moving forward and reaching that end goal, and when he is wronged, he you know accepts the apology and he moves on, and he's, um, you know his thought is this like that that's in the past, and and life happens, and and sometimes what life, when life what life throws at us. We react in a way that's really sometimes not very kind to others. And, um, but we know that that's not the true essence of who that person is. Yeah. And so, um, and so he like, let's let's keep moving forward together and lifting and supporting one another so that we can achieve that end, that end goal. I love this show because there's also this, you know, the, the coach Nate character who is this sweet young man and is so excited when he is seen and acknowledged. And then he his ideas are really are good and they are fruitful for the team and their games. But you also see in his story that he wants that acknowledgement from his dad. And when he doesn't get it, then he starts his ego, that in, that inflammatory, that pride gets hurt. And so then he starts snapping at other people and starts treating other people on the team in a really mean and cruel way. Yeah. And then he turns into, well, then he... he he reports something out to the press, you know, about Coach Lasso. And it and it he creates this situation that's that's ugly and very much unlike being a member of the team. And then he walks away. And um and I just think that right there is the perfect definition of what happens when when we when our ego, that pride, that pain, that hurt, that fear gets in the way of, of what we're really wanting. Yeah. Um, and really that there is, there is another way to do this. Right. And, um, I struggle too with, I want well a up, you know, I want that recognition. I want people to know that this was my idea. Um, and so I have to keep reminding myself just if we lift, if I lift my job as a leader is to lift others up. My job as a parent is to lift my girls up and, um, and, and it takes, you know, I would say it takes a village to raise a child. But for many years, I was like, but actually it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not, it takes all of us working together to raise up. That. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I, I love Ted, Ted Lassa too. There's another character on there. That's a assistant coach. That's real quiet. And, you know, as you're talking about like surrounding yourself with, with others and lifting others up i think one of the ways to that that how ego gets in the way is you think when you always think you're right when and you know it may be true that you're right or your way or like people who say i just i'm just going to do this because i because i know i'll i'll do it in the way i want it done and this ability to let go of not just uh, your thought life of who you think you are but really surrounding yourself with people with other talents and gifts the other coach I'm referring to is Leah the one that's that's kind of quiet but really wise coach and- beard yeah coach beard yeah and so um anyway but just thinking too in terms of at working as a team you that i thought of as you were talking about that that in context to team which i think all of us in in our lives and worlds do regardless of our our position of authority if we're not if we don't have the ability to work together and draw out and respect and acknowledge other people's gifts and talents. And I think uh, particularly like that, because I'm an extrovert. And so in any circle I'm in, I'm always the one I have to always watch. How much am I talking? How much am I saying? Um, but think, I've been thinking a lot lately too, about introvert leadership too. And so there's something in context to letting go of our own egos in, in, uh, in allowing others to be a part um, of of team and really um, holding up their gifts that are different than yours, because we really need to have people around us that are different from us, or yeah,
1: you know, you're so right, and i I have found that when I legitimately surround myself with people with with different perspectives and different lived experience and different thoughts and different talents, i I grow as a result of that. Um, whereas if I'm just you know with people who are always in agreement with me, well, yeah, it feels great, but I'm actually not moving forward myself. And then, and more importantly, I'm not moving the mission forward. Right. But whereas if I really sit back and I listen and I include and I ask questions, then I get to grow as a personal, personally as an individual. But again, the outcome, which is our mission that we're striving for, we get to do that together. And that's whether it's corporate business or, the local taco bell or, you know, here at hands and voices, um, or even in my own family, um, that the more that the the truly, the more inclusive I am, Mm. the, the better I am just as it, I, I get so much more. I, you know, I gain so much more from it. Um, But again, I have those moments where I let that, that pettiness of, you know, I've got to, for me, it's, I've got to prove myself. And that's, that's what trips me up. Yeah, Yeah. you know, I, I, uh,
0: we all have different. I'm sure, you know, people listening here today and even for um, ourselves and thinking about how this plays out in terms of ego, sort of finding a way into your life. You know, I had this aha moment because I do a lot of public speaking and you know, where else in the world is it not all about you? You get up on a stage, you get a microphone, the lights are on you, you have an audience in front of you. It feels um, amazing. You know, yeah, it's you know, for the, <laughs> like like my husband's always said, I never met a microphone I didn't like, and 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 I also have done it for a long time, and and feel really strongly that I have something to contribute to to a topic or a conversation. So I'm excited to be there, but. But I had this, as I've done it over the years, I began to understand, honestly, that it really isn't about what I'm saying or doing up on the stage in front of everyone. Because as a listener in an audience, um, when other people are speaking, it's all about what that person is saying and how I'm perceiving it or thinking about it or taking it in in terms of thinking about, oh, oh, I can think of a situation that this person is talking about, or that that's a good tool for that. So, so the true the you know, the true essence of public speaking isn't about you as a speaker. It's about the person on the other end listening and, and how they're taking what you're giving. And so I, I think that first came to me as a relief of when I got off a stage and went, oh, that was awful. I sucked. <laughs> I, I still sometimes feel like that. Sometimes I feel really good, like, oh, that was awesome. But some, but I realized when I, When that I didn't have to that the whole thing wasn't about me. It was about did the listener get what they needed? And it's a really freeing thing to be. And you know, I just remember that being letting go of ego is a positive. It's it's it can be a struggle, but it's really a positive. It it creates freedom in your life. I think when you you know how people just get so you know, nervous about making the wrong decision or that. And I just think there's real freedom in letting go of ego.
1: Oh, it is so less stressful. (laughs) (laughs) There really is freedom in letting it go. And what I, yeah. And, you know, I remember, I used to, and I'm sure I still do at times, but, you know, in a conversation with another person I'm horrified to think of how many parents I did this with, and and they'd be talking, and I would just basically cut them off, like, and 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 then just like start vomiting, word vomiting all over them. And but when I stop doing that, and I just listen, and maybe ask a question or two, and then listen. They, it is, their experience is so much, but they walk away feeling so good. And there are times when I'm like, but I had so much to say. Um, But you're right. It's that individual walked away feeling good. And so then they're going to come back to me because they know that I can be trusted, that I'll, that they'll walk away feeling heard and I will have compassion and respect for them. And, um, and they'll, they'll want to come back. And, um, but yeah, sometimes it's really, it is really hard for me as well to just like not take it over, right. but I, um, and sometimes I will catch, and sometimes I'll knowledge, whoops, mm-hmm. I'm talking, I, I'm going to stop talking right now and just listen to you. Yeah. And, um, and it kind of breaks, you know, we kind of can both chuckle about it and they see that, Hey, you know what? I just, I recognize I was able to apologize right then and there and and turn that ship around so that they can still walk away feeling good. And it's funny because then I walk away actually feeling really good as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not only is there freedom in letting go of ego, I think um, there's you know, there's some power there too. And I'm thinking of those of us who have kids um, who are deaf or with special needs and go through the IEP process. And And IEPs are the place at, at the table in schools where you're, you're sort of negotiating for your children's um, needs and the services that they're gonna get. And um, it's usually tense, um, usually feel nervous about it. And yet the strategies for getting the services really comes from being a strong advocate, which I think letting go of your own ego is necessary in that process. And staying, we always talk about staying focused on the needs of your child, or if you're an advocate for another family, staying focused on what the needs are. And I think that's another place and an example where when you're able to let go of making yourself look good, or thinking this is all about you, you sort of release that. And then it allows you really to be an effective advocate, I think, because you're able to sometimes manage your emotions better. And then just like, all whatever's going on in the room to come back to, um, let's focus on the needs of our our child in this particular context. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I think that can be really challenging. And I remember, I remember one year, for several years, this family had me go with them to their son's IEP. And, and it dawned on me in year three. Well, it didn't dawn on me. She told me (laughs) like the third year is that every year she's, she's waiting for the, you know, to see the draft IEP and and his current levels, and that with such anxiety. And it was, she was going through like a, a form of grief every year. And, um, and I, when she said that to me, it just stopped me in my tracks. Yeah. And, because um, I was angry for her, every, every one yeah. of these meetings. And I thought, okay, um, anger doesn't get us anywhere. And all it does is give me a stomach ache. And, um, um, but I, I think, you know, it, then I realized, okay, so, so my role here really is because this is such an emotional moment for her and her husband. There's so much angst yeah. and, um, cause there's so much going on with this kid and, um, that I really shifted in the way that I became that I was their advocate yeah. and, and, my, and in my support of them as well. And um, it changed the way we had our meeting before the IEP meeting and afterwards. And I really looked out for them during the IEP and oftentimes would ask for breaks for them. If I was sensing that they just needed to take a breath, so that they could kind of recenter themselves to then speak up and be the voice at their sense IEP meeting, um, but I know for me it can be really hard to control my emotions in those times, and and oftentimes I would I would ask my husband to kind of take over. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of had this 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 signaling, you know, I kinda tap him or he could just sense that I was just getting too emotional. And um and and so I also learned different techniques where I would just ask a question instead of blurting out what I was feeling. I would just ask a question because that gave me also the space to just take a deep breath and try to calm myself down. And I use that that technique still today, like in in meetings at work or or even, you know, in 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 family situations where I'll just try my best to ask a question so I can give myself that that room and that time to decompress yeah. a little bit because I know I can get really yeah. caught up and wound up in my emotions. That's, yeah, that's a great strategy, whether it's an
0: emotional situation or the practice of letting go of you having to be the center of attention in the room yeah. or you delivering all the information by asking. questions. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we wrap things up, let's just um, talk a little bit. I I was thinking about the professionals in our lives and how this plays out for them in terms of letting go of ego. Mm. I'm just even thinking of like sort of the medical model of, you know, a physician or a practitioner coming in and telling the patient what to do and sort of that authority line versus what we know to be really uh, most effective in working with professionals in our lives where there's sort of a co-production of decisions. Making of, of um, interaction, of making sure that we walk out the door with what we need. Um, and so, thinking about professionals, what advice do you have
1: for them in terms of letting go of ego? You know, um, that's a really, really good question. One of the things that comes to mind is, is if that professional, and unfortunately, you know, they're given such little time to spend with us, but yeah. if you know and that's that's the system so you know and, and our culture but if they can keep in the in the in top of mind that this we about what might be going on if they can take a moment and check in with that parent and um and check in with simple questions even along the way of um do you have any questions how are you feeling about this information that I'm giving to you Um, yeah. Are you getting what you need out of right? Yes. Are you, are you getting some self care? Do you need some respite? Do you you like, are you, are you playing with your child? Um, because sometimes we, like, I remember just thinking, oh my God, I just have to talk and talk and talk and talk to her. (laughs) You know, I just have to give her language, 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 and, um, and forgetting that I can play with her and give, and we can, we can have language, you know, communicate still at the same time. But, yeah. but and yeah, I think sort of that
0: permission in the relationship you have with yes. that professional and yeah. being around. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's
1: really good. Right. Yeah. and I and I think that our our professionals, I think that you know, I ask them to to make that a part of who they are in their role. Um and to because there's so much you know, as a parents, I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, I've got, you know, I've got to call the insurance company next and I've got to find this next. And I've got this appointment and I have work and I have got, I can't tell you how many times we ate burritos for dinner because there, I was just, we were just so overwhelmed with everything else. And, um and I remember our first audiologist, she would say, how are you? In the start of our appointments, how are you doing, Mom and Dad? And um, and that just meant the world to us. Yeah. I, I that's so good, Helen. And I think like
0: professionals who often do know the answer for us, especially when we're in the beginning, starting out, and understanding that sort of trial and error on our side. That idea of letting go of ego—that the professional doesn't always have to be right or always give the answer. Directly to the the parents, sometimes we need to figure it out for ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things I love that we do with Guide By Your Side is when a parent asks us, well, what should I do? Instead of telling them what we think, we ask them more questions. And, And I love that model. Um, because that's what exactly it's what you just said is then we're, we're, we're helping them figuring out what they want. Yeah. And maybe it's not in that moment. Maybe it's going to take another week or two or or month or whatever. Wow. Um, but, but instead of, of telling them what to do or what worked for us, it's, it's about, Hey, this is about you and, and your family. And so let's figure out what's going to work for you yeah. guys. And, and if, if the first thing doesn't, doesn't work, that's okay. Cause there are other, there are more options. There are more things and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey. Um, so, uh, this has been a great conversation and a really good
0: topic in terms of those who are listening here today and and thinking about developing your own leadership skills. Um, I thought this was awesome. Um, this was not about us, but hopefully this is for the listener um, and the uh, or anybody accessing this uh, topic today. This episode, we hope you enjoyed it. Helen, thank you. Um, thank you. This was really good. Ever since you introduced this topic in my life, it literally has rocked my world. In situations where it saved me, the idea of in moments in our lives, if we can just get away from. It having to be about us, you know, and and it it's just it it really does create freedom and power. And um, so, thank you for being here as our part of our um, our podcast series and our episode. Hey, um, in closing today, I'd like to thank our online our sponsor ASD Online Academy. The American School for the Deaf Online Academy is the first online education platform serving deaf and hard of hearing students from all over the world, currently open to students in middle school and high school. The Online Academy helps connect students everywhere with certified teachers and highly experienced staff to provide a specialized education specifically for them. The application deadline for the 2022 23 school year is March 15th. Learn more at asdonline.academy. Thank you to ASD Online Academy. Thank you, Helen. And thank you all for thank listening. we will see you again soon. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.